the Steve Dangle Podcast. Powered by Sports Interaction. Wanna bet? S-D-P-P. The Steve Dangle Podcast. With your hosts, Steve Dangle, Adam Wilde, and Jesse Blake. We're a game into round two, and I, I still haven't had time to process it. I'm not going to lie to you. And I also did promise everybody. I don't think the Leafs did. Promised everybody that I'd be doing this. Oh. Oh, wow. sexy uh, blue lipstick. Sexy yeah. wild. Is it better this time? Oh, my God. So much better. Okay. Oh. I, didn't, I didn't even practice. I was just like, people just told me I needed to work on my form. And I was like, okay. Cool. That took three seconds and huh? you nailed it. All right. What do you think, cool. Jess? It's a little more subtle this time. It's not It's not so clownish. Okay, well, you know. <laughs> you know, last it's time it was so like. Clownish. Last time I was like, I'm going to be crusty over here. <laughs> all around the mouth, you know? This <laughs> time it's more like. Hey, uh, it was a little. Put the lotion in the basket. Uh, yeah. yeah. Personally. Yeah. But no, this is good. This is good. Um, so, listen, uh, we, got, uh, we got a game to break down here. Uh, but before we do that, um, I just wanted to shout out um, a, uh, a listener of ours. Uh, his name is uh, Goran, and his doctor is Nico Milic, who is Real Madrid's team doctor. His, and his he, doctor? Sorry, his uncle is the doctor for Real Madrid. My apologies. <laughs> and his name is Sergei Samsonov. No. Um, his, uh, so his uncle is the, the team doctor for Real Madrid and uh, got Benzema to, to do this, which I thought was pretty darn cool. Uh, Sportsnet even picked it up and did not give us credit for it. So shout out to them. <laughs> go play it, play it. Go leaves, go, go leaves, go. Congratulations, guys. That's yes, amazing. Sir. So who go is this? I don't. He won the Ballon d'Or. He, he's uh, he's French national. He's he's. So if you're a French person, you're probably pretty upset with him because he won't play for the national program, but. Um, he's like uh, he's one of the best players in the world. Won the Ballon d'Or. Won. He's on like, Real Madrid. Yeah. Oh my yeah, gosh. Yeah, yeah. He's and like it, legitimately an international sports superstar. Yeah. yeah. And us ignorant North Americans don't yeah. know who yeah. he is. You no. Know, one thing I, I always, do know. I always realize about these soccer stars is that they're so much bigger than our North American oh. stars. Like you think like some NBA players are big, but you go over to Europe and these soccer stars are like triple times as popular. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know how they like just leave their house like i, I don't yeah. know like mm-hmm. they're so unbelievably famous um apparently um uh so J- uh, jay weinberg uh who mm-hmm. is the drummer for uh slipknot. slipknot slipknot came out with his leafs jersey on and i believe also disturbed had their jerseys on uh, uh we oh, had, really? I had i had some listeners mm-hmm. who were at the disturbed concert and send me some things that all all the members came out with blue jerseys on which is pretty cool Explain the this. whole jay weinberg thing well okay you, so you're good friends with max weinberg i'm not J- so steve's good friends with jay <laughs> well so uh so max weinberg the drummer for conan o'brien and also bruce e street band bruce springsteen yeah. yeah um he was a guest on agent provocateur extremely random but yeah Alan has his own podcast, and he's like, "Well, I really like the East Street Pants." Yeah, so I'm gonna no, have and Ma- he's, Max Weinberg on, and he's known Max Weinberg for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then randomly one day I get a message from Jay Weinberg, and I'm like, "Who's this?" And I do a little mm-hmm. digging. I'm like, "That's the drummer for Slipknot," <laughs> and he, um, I, I don't know how he discovered our stuff. But uh, he's like, yeah, man, love hockey, love listening to you guys, and we're going to play Toronto soon. Uh, do you want to come out? 
And I go, Dad, do you want to go to Slipknot? And he's like, uh, yeah. And so we went and saw them six rows up from the mosh pit, dead center oh, at uh, Budweiser stage. My dad was 65 at the time. Wow. And uh, the the photo that Jay Weinberg posted with, you know, him uh, 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 with his back to the crowd, like you can, I'm pretty sure you can find me. Oh, you're in that? In the photo. That's yeah. neat. I love that. I love that. Yeah. No, he's in, like, we text after almost every game now. So like, he, he he loves it. Edge, too. There's some serious excitement around yeah. this game, which is uh, which is cool. Um, right before the game, too, Mitch Marner nominated uh, for the Selkie, along with Nico Heischer and Patrice Bergeron. So a big shout out to Mitch, who is unquestionably the Leafs MVP this year. He's been unbelievable. We all know Bergeron's going to win this award, but for Mitch and for Nico, Pretty nice honor, and I think mm-hmm. there was a clip floating around of Connor Carrick, friend of the show, uh, who had Mitch on his podcast during the one of the waves of the pandemic in 2020, and uh, Mitch kind of set this as a goal for himself, his fitness and his defense, and uh, I think it's kind of, uh, it's been interesting to see the progression of Mitch Marner because, you know, one of the reasons that Babs put him on the fourth line and everybody's like, are they going to trade him for Noah Hannafin? Uh, was because he wasn't as defensively responsible as perhaps uh, the team would have liked at that point uh, or Babs would have liked. And whether or not you think that's unfair, and it probably was because it's Mike Babcock, um, what Mitch Marner has become has, is, is pretty amazing in terms of yeah. what he can do. Marner spent maybe 20 minutes of his Leaf career on the fourth line. I know. Maybe. But that's why it's um, such a story, right? But also, uh, I mean, Doug Gilmore was the last Leaf to win the Selkie Trophy. Mitch Marner wore 93 all throughout junior. And here he is uh, being nominated for the Selkie. I think the last Leaf since Gilmore to be nominated for the thing. Mm. I don't think anyone else has. Maybe Jay McClement. Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe the the greatest defensive center of all time, Jay McClement. Absolutely, couldn't win any faceoffs or skate that well, but at the NHL level. But no. we sure played him a lot. Unfortunately, the deck is uh, the deck. The deck is stacked against Mitch Marner. There hasn't been a winger to win the Selkie since two thousand three. Yuri Lettinen. Yuri Lettinen, who mm-hmm. was a really special player. But I mean, he does everything right. Um, you know. I think Matthew should be more in that conversation. He doesn't kill penalties. Marner's the most valuable penalty killer they have. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a shorthanded threat at all times, runs their power play. Um, I mean, everything with regard to the Leafs seems to go through him, doesn't it? Absolutely. And he just kind of goes about it in this uh, responsible and yet childly, childlike, chaotic way. Yes. He's yeah. a really unique player. He's 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 uh, he's worth the money. He's, Absolutely, he's worth the money. Uh, uh, the the price of your ticket was the word I was looking for. I, uh, I didn't get a lot. He's of worth it. Night. He's worth it to see live, is what you're saying. There you go. Yeah. Now Thank we're gonna you. we're gonna try to manage our minutes a little bit of load management today because I know Steve's exhausted, but. I'm, I'm good. I'm Getting good. into the game, we're going to save the scheduling stuff for after uh, because there well, there was a whole schedule thing that we need to talk about. Yeah. We'll save it for after the game recap. Uh, going into this game, I got to tell you, like I am so unused to the Leafs being in the second round, obviously, that I wasn't quite sure how to process it. And it just felt to me like uh, it's Tuesday night and they're playing the Panthers. Not this is game, round two, game one. And why is it always... T- it? I feel like the Leafs always play the Panthers on a Tuesday or Sunday. That's true. It's, yeah. it's the NHL instructing you don't care about this game. 
<laughs> out of all the games there are to care about, you should care about these. Wait, I want you to save that yes. for later when we had addressed the schedule. Yes. But yes, out of all the games you should care about, you should care about these ones the least. Um, I think there was an element of uh, the team had heightened nerves in a place they'd never been before. And also the fan base, I don't know about nerves. It's because it definitely wasn't nerves. The anxiety heading into this game was 10% of what it was heading into game one against Tampa. No question. It, like an enormous weight has been lifted uh, on this fan base. But I think a lot of people just didn't know what to do. Um, it's almost like an emotional hangover a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't know how to get into it. Didn't, I mean, probably none of us were anticipating this series. Well, and, and probably for a lot of Leaf fans, the only Florida Panthers hockey they've watched is when the Leafs took on the Panthers. Yeah, like, and they weren't anything particularly special during the regular season. Right. The, the Bruins, you couldn't help but know some things about. Uh, you know, Bergeron, Swan Song. Allmark went basically, dude. Their uh, home record. I don't remember how many wins they had, but they had. I think it was three regular, no, four regulation losses, three in overtime at home. Wow, they had seven losses at home all year. How the fuck did they drop that series? Like how on earth, right? So we were all uh, because. The Leafs are the Leafs, and they have a huge history with the Bruins. And also because they were the President's Trophy winner, no one was anticipating this series. And like even me, from a prep standpoint uh, for the streams, I know the Tampa roster like the back of my hand. Like I don't even have to look. Uh, for Florida, I'm like, so who's Josh Mahura? Like, like yeah. I'm having to. <laughs> yeah. Really well, I, I remember saying it. Natalie's like, who do you want to win Game Seven with Boston and Florida? I'm like, I just hope both teams kick the shit out of each other. That's that was my only, and then and they when, did at least do that. And then when Florida won, I was actually very excited about it. I admittedly, I was like, "That's great." Now I knew, and I said this on the last episode: Florida's a handful, and I, we saw it last night. I lost my mind when they tied it because um, it was it was also incredible hockey. My, my wife, we're we're big text in the same house people, and <laughs> that's we've been married a long time, and. Um, uh, she just texts me. She goes, I guess the Panthers tied it. Eh? You did tell that on the last show. Oh, just I did? Yeah. That oh, exact I didn't know story. That. I know. Cool. Steve's Good becoming your dad. It's just a great story. <laughs> yeah. Here, wait. Sorry. It, here, can you call me? I'm going to put it on speakerphone and then stand nowhere near the phone as we gather around it like it's a campfire. The hockey between the Lightning and the Panthers and just the style they play, it's polar opposites. Not even yeah. sort it, of the same. Like watching game one, it felt like watching completely different sport like Tampa every time they're in the neutral zone it's kind of like a swarm it's kind of yeah. they just get on the puck all the time and then Florida is just this kind of open hockey where we're going to do a whole bunch of transitions and just try and break out all the time a lot of puck flips a lot yeah. of yeah. Tampa it's, it's it's really weird just Tampa the two risks, risks their lives risks life and limb to keep the puck away from you mm-hmm. and I think the Leafs were thrown off a little bit by the Panthers who were like take it fucker yeah, like, dare take you. it, I dare you. Dare you. Yeah. yeah. So oh, fuck you up. First asshole. period, about three minutes in, we get an Austin Matthews breakaway, and you can tell both teams are just like trying to figure each other out. Uh, Sam Bennett takes an obvious charge penalty at two minutes and thirty seconds in. He and might the, get a fine for that. Well, one of the things that we say though is always like, 
like if the refs are going to call a penalty now this is usually applicable only to five six and seven only but if they're going to call a penalty in round two it's going to be obvious mm-hmm. well, and that was obvious he left his yeah. feet he had more than three strides and also like, it wasn't charge it that's oh, not what they it? called. They elbowing. called. You know, they called it elbowing. Oh, for I mean, fuck's yeah. sake! That was charging. Pick. Yeah, no, but they they ruled like the element of him jumping at the that's player charging. was was fine. Him jumping at David Kopp was fine. See, this is why my notes are wrong. I didn't even bother to check. I'm like, that's a charge. No, no, they called oh, elbowing on the play. That is exactly <laughs> what I thought the penalty was live, and then it comes up on the screen, elbowing. I'm like. Whatever. It's yeah, you got to call it something. Two minutes I guess. either way. I don't really yeah. give a shit. But, but it yeah. reminds me of the uh, the Geo hit in the Tampa series where. Where they the, made it up. It, yeah. it literally made up a call. And every fucking game, it's the referees get in the way. And it's not even the Leafs anymore. Like, if you're watching all the other games, there's at least two calls where you're like, what are you guys doing here? What? But Leafs get the power play. Sure. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they don't convert. Yeah, but they were all over it. They were all over it. They, they were. had great opportunities in the first period. And uh, here's, and I guess we're going to get into this. The The big point of contention I had in the LFR video is the reverence for the Panthers. And they did a lot of good things. And they did make the Leafs make mistakes. To me, that's not what cost them the game. Well, let's hold off on that for yeah? a minute. Yeah, okay. you hang on to that because we're still making it. We yeah, haven't right, even right. got to Gus Forsling's penalty the, uh, the, so, the first penalty happened two minutes in, Steve. And then for, not the Forsling, <laughs> Forsling's is less than five minutes in. I think it's like 437 or something. 446. Two, two penalties in the first five minutes. Yeah, and, and again, it's a literal cannot miss trip. You yeah. have to call that. Paul Maurice so, teams always take a lot of penalties. Leafs look dangerous again. PP1 looks good. And, the, and their second unit actually looks really good. But Florida kills the penalty. Uh, Nick Cousins uh, opens up the scoring at 1035 in the game. Kind of a, a surprise, I think, because the Leafs to that point, I think the game had tilted their way already. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially because they kicked off the first five minutes with two penalties. Uh, Nyes gets set up from, from Matthews. Uh, he fires it between the legs of Bob, but Bob stops it. But we'll come back to that. Okay. Yeah. Well, in in the the cousins goal, mm-hmm. uh, what happened to Jake McCabe? I uh, yeah. I was mm-hmm. I was really yeah. frustrated with that because not only is that you missing your guy, that's exactly what you brought what we brought you here for. Mm-hmm. For instances like that. Oh, okay. They have a big second line. Throw Jake McCabe out there. Luke Shen can't do fucking everything. That, well, and and Jake McCabe didn't have a great night, and we'll we'll kind of talk about that that pinch later on. But uh, but that that goal it illustrates how important capitalizing on those first two power plays were. Like they, yes. the Leafs were all over it, and they should have had like four goals, but they didn't get it done. You know, it's it's you're close, but being close isn't good enough. You know, you need to get a goal there in one of those two power plays, and it fucking sucked that they couldn't. <laughs> it does. Yeah. It sucks, and and so. Uh, cousin scores. Matthews denies. Doesn't go in. It, there's a rebound that sat there. What felt like 20 minutes in front of Bobrovsky, but uh, they inevitably uh, they they did uh, clear it. And then here's the thing. Nice also took a big hit from Radko Gudis, but Gudis was the one that fell over. Oh, dude! Like I I uh, lost count of the amount of hits in that game that would have been the biggest hit in almost any regular season game. Mm-hmm. But I just thought it was like, so Gudis, Nyes has the puck, Gudis hits him, and Gudis falls. Nyes like is, is going to be a problem, dude. He's going to be a problem. Like, at, until the kid plays, you have no idea what you got. Oh, fuck. Yeah. This kid's a stud. This kid's going to be really good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, big stop by uh, Samsonov about two minutes to go. Another big save 30 seconds later. 
Leafs get penalized uh, with Florida pressuring. And so basically, uh, you know, they try to make a zone break. It goes off Tavares' stick. Uh, Florida uh, basically takes the puck. Giordano gets the hooking call while Kachuk is driving the net because he gets it again. If you're going to get it in their feet and you're go- or you're going to get it in their chest and hands, you're going to get called. Gio was on the ice for the first goal, and then he took the Leafs' first penalty. Tough and, game. And the Leafs uh, start the second period shorthanded. And it was interesting. I want to throw this out there. At the end of the first period, Dom LeCision tweeted this. Matthew Kachuk spent two minutes and 40 seconds against the fourth line of the Leafs in that period. Most of any Leafs line. Sheldon, mm-hmm. like Sheldon, you can't. Do- he got out coached. Sheldon, Sheldon's not been good how, in either first game. Yeah, like how how many times are we willing to say that? Like mm-hmm. I think he's doing a good job getting them mentally prepared and stuff, and maybe that's the most important part, <laughs> and maybe that's what they needed the most help with. That that just can't happen. Like no, and you know this little rant that we're going on about Camp's line being out there against Kachuk a year ago. This is what we would have wanted. Uh, because it's David Camp and he's our shutdown center. <laughs> I thought he was our shutdown center until a shutdown center showed up in the form of Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah, yep. one of the best in the league. Yeah, and I, I really like his line. I really like bunting O'Reilly Achari. I just wonder if, like, listen, uh, you do your best to to shut down Barkov in his line. I, I just wonder if you target um, the uh, Matthew Kachuk line mm-hmm. a little but tougher with Ryan O'Reilly and you maybe figure out a different line. The one thing that Palmer's does so well is the Sheldon Keefe where he gets out the blender with Kachuk. Like, Kachuk doesn't really have a line. No, he like, just kind of When he's out there with fucking Nick Cousins, like, Nick Cousins played, like, 13 minutes, but he, yeah. was, all, he was on a goal with Matthew Kachuk. Yeah, you se- know? second liner who's not really. No, so, no. like, the this targeting thing, like, Paul Maurice is just outplaying him, and when you're at home and you have that change advantage, how are you letting those things happen? How many minutes did Kachuk play? Uh, I think it's 21 or 20. Under 18. Oh, Yeah. Wow, he was noticeable every time he was on yeah. the ice. Now the Leafs keep uh, the Leafs did kill the power play uh, off the top of the second, uh, but um, about I think twelve minutes in, Florida scores again, and it's Sam Matthew Bennett Kachuk this time. Played twenty minutes and forty five seconds. Yeah. yeah. Oh, maybe I was maybe, sorry, I'm, idiot. maybe it's just even strength. <laughs> That's his total time on ice is twenty minutes and forty five seconds. It's even strength. I got it wrong. Yeah, My bad. Because okay. um, I knew I just looked at it. That's why I was like 20 or 21. Yeah. yeah. No, I had the stat in the LFR, but I think it was even strength. Ekblad, uh, Ekblad <laughs> shoots one. Uh, Sam Bennett is the one that scores. Um, it is his fourth of the playoffs. The least type top line was out for this. Um, and it really went off Nyza's stick. So can I, can I do a thing about yeah. this goal? Whatever you want. Because, sure. Steve, look at this screenshot. If you get this screenshot up on the screen right now. So the puck comes in from the left side of where we're looking in the zone and it wraps around the back of the boards. Yeah. There's three Leaf players here mm-hmm. and none of them end up with the puck. I know. They're playing really deep. What is deep. that? Yeah. They won't cover the point. I don't know. I don't. Nice. It was a problem in Tampa. Nice has to be on that a little more doggedly. So it, and like, even it's after on Morgan too. Yeah. Even after he scored, no, Riley didn't look good on this goal at all. But even after Nye scored in a few seconds here, he was still, uh, he goes on the bench and he's mad at himself mm-hmm. for the goal he was on for. Yeah. I, I mean, got- he's been on for like what? Four th- goals against his entire NHL career. <laughs> yeah. And like they all feel like the end of the world. 
I was a little upset at just the aggressive, the lack of aggressiveness from the least because Florida just came out playing a lot faster game and things, instances like this that lead directly to a goal. I'm gonna play it now that's off screen and you can see what I'm talking about. So they, they bring up the puck, they bring the, Florida brings the puck up the ice, they dump it along the boards and you end up in this position where there's three Leafs and it wraps around a Panthers player just walks into the zone so to end up with the puck. Who's, so Nyes is high there. Nyes well, and so the when, when that high. puck goes around the boards, Nyes needs to be the one going it, for down it. Here. It takes a funny hop, though. It does. It but goes he lets right his man out. go, and he's like, I'll let the defenseman get it. And the defenseman's going to be there for support. And what happens That's is Matthews, Matthews needs to move over to Nyes' spot to support the breakout. Nice has got to go deep. Matthews has got to go over. And that's obviously not an ideal situation, but that's what Florida put you in. So you have to react on the fly. Him allowing the Florida Panther player by to get that puck and retrieve that puck because he put him in a race with Morgan Riley, which Riley was not ready for. That is where that issue happens, right? Like you can't yeah. see, look, look, Morgan's like, what? Uh, uh. Yeah. Everybody was confused on that play. And what happened there was Florida was more aggressive yeah, to the puck. They were. And once, once Florida gets the puck, it's like they're going to do something in the next like five seconds. And Sam Bennett was in front yep. for the first goal too. He just, you didn't have to touch it again. He's on it like shit on Velcro, and he's really good at contact with the goalie that is not goalie interference. <laughs> That's such a skill. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying that to be like, oh, Sam Bennett. You need that in playoff hockey. Yeah. How the fuck were the Calgary Flames, the Daryl Sutter Calgary Flames? They couldn't find a spot for <laughs> Sam Bennett. I think he's lost his touch a little bit, eh? What, Sutter? Sutter? You think? Oh, yeah. There's a reason he doesn't have a job. Well, well, I mean, I can't can't insult the guy too much. He's making $8 million a year No, you can can still say he stinks. Or $8 million over. No, but, like, you lose Kachuk and Bennett, and, I mean, there's proof of concept here that they're pretty good playoff players. Yep. What happened? Well, you have to get to the playoffs first. Uh, oh. Nice. I got to give Sheldon credit for this. All right, we we mm-hmm. were, were harsh on him earlier, but I do want to say this: after that goal goes in off of Nice's stick, leaves him out. Um, he left him out, and immediately after, Matthew Nice gets his first goal. And who do who do you leave out? Nice, Matthews, Marner. Do you not? That wasn't the first line that he started the game with. Who do you start with? Nice, Matthews, Willie. Oh, so they yeah, because they reunited uh, because, Marner because and Matthews. Willie was awful. Willie, yeah, Will and, and Will. We'll talk Willie in a second. But let's yeah. let's celebrate Nice. Let's do that. Nice <laughs> yeah. immediately. Steve's like, you know what? I know you're bringing up a topic, but let me sell. But let me fuck it. Let me That's fucking. A good point. Uh, no, it is. But <laughs> but Nice, uh, I'm just giving you shit. Uh, incredible goal. And and here's the thing. Uh, what I appreciate about Matthew Nice there is he didn't have time and probably just didn't get too disappointed with that. You could tell he was upset, but Matthews gets in. Uh, uh, nice is driving driving the net. And Matthews with a great setup from the boards, but that nice spinorama, the fact that he was able oh. to pull that off. Send two Panthers flying into their own goalie. And score. Amazing. Ew. Great goal. Great goal. And Arda uh, Arda Ocal, who works at ESPN, obviously, and has been on Game Over many, many times. He doesn't have enough jobs. Uh, he said, is that the first Arizona player to Arizona player goal in NHL history? I mm-hmm. wonder. <laughs> oh. And I was like, that is a really mm-hmm. interesting one. See, I think there's an asterisk on it, though. Why? Because Matthews was raised in Arizona. Where was he born? 
Mexico, wasn't it? California. 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 Okay. I don't his, know. His mom was born in Mexico. Mount mom was born in Mexico. Hermosillo. Uh, Matt Nice, according to Kyle Cushman, is the first player drafted outside of the 2021 first round to score in the Stanley Cup playoffs as well. Wow. So oh. anybody in the second round and, and after, Matt Nice is the first guy. Cool. Yeah. Kind All of right. Dude, All right. Dude, he's a great pick. He's now, a great pick. Some, and this is where the game started to really feel like this is going the Leafs way because, and this is crazy, and it's not last September when I'm telling you this, or last October, Matt, Michael Bunting then drew a penalty. Nah. <laughs> right? Drew a penalty, guys. And here, not guys, to take away from your Michael point. Michael Bunting, come on, oh. round of applause. No, drew a penalty. with it. One. And people are going to be upset with us for even talking about it, but I think it's worth mentioning. Well, I mean, like, he didn't do anything. uh, It was a high stick to the face. Yeah, he got a stick in the futch. I mean, (laughs) you got to call that, Paul. But here's the problem. You got to call that. Florida, again, even though the Leafs look dangerous, kill it off. Yep. It felt like each penalty or each power play was better than the last. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, You got to score. Sergei Bobrovsky was fantastic. Yes, he was. Yeah, he we haven't really, talked really about good. that. He's fa- unbelievable. So after the Panthers kill, Michael Bunting then scores. Ryan O'Reilly, uh, great pass to Bunting, forehand, backhand, in, boom. That was uh, Yarncroak. Was it Yarncroak? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought it was. Okay, it was O'Reilly who got tied up by Gudis then. Yeah, yeah, it was 19, not 91. Okay. Oh, and O'Reilly's 90. Well, anyway, Whatever. it was Yarncroak to O'Reilly Bunting. has a secondary, Yarncroak has the primary. I thought, I thought it was really kind of funny, though, showing that when they were showing the replay that Gudis was tying up O'Reilly and they fall they both fall over and it just allows bunting to yeah waltz in <laughs> i'm not worried about that guy well and not the, the only hit in this game that ended up not being the greatest choice mm. mccabe yeah yeah which i assume we're using it, it feels it's not that they're baiting them into these big hits but the open ice in the the back and forth hockey allows for more bigger hits you know mm-hmm. we haven't we didn't see all of this in the tampa series because there wasn't as much ice to go at guys like this in the game one we're it's like five hits that were just massive this is this is what you do in game one though mm-hmm. right like you try to soften the guys up and it, you know eventually you put your head on and you stop it shen you're, had a huge hit on him Yes. You got a big piece of dough. Oh, you're making pizza. Oh, you're taking me (laughs) into my everyday life, Jesse. Let's go. All right. So you got a big piece of pizza. Yeah. And you're getting the dough. Yeah. What do you got to do to it? Oh, you got to, you got to mold it. You got to fucking, oh, you got to, you got to fucking, oh, you got to work with concrete and also uh, love your mother a lot. And you, you, uh, gotta, you gotta soften it up. You gotta soften it up, and uh, also you gotta uh, talk with your hands and have hair. I like arms. I like all of that. I'm in for I don't all think that. any of that applied to the dough. Uh, and also, you gotta be a plumber and go down pipes and fight off turtles and rescue the princess. Hey, don't from forget the about the magic mushrooms, and, guys. And yeah, and eat a lot of magic mushrooms and uh, then burn all your enemies and wear a tanuki suit. Anyway, uh, Carter Verhage <laughs> with two minutes to go scores. And this starts with an Achari hit on Duclair that leads to a rush for the Leafs. A yes. well-timed, well-done hit. But Jake McCabe joins the rush. And it's a it's a fine hit. You know what? I didn't... Out of all the McCabe perceived mistakes from last night, I didn't hate the choice for a hit there. Um, because... At the end of the day, Brody was there, and if Brody just makes the right read yep. on this puck, 
then we're not talking about McCabe throwing that hit. We're like, hooray that he threw that hit. Mm-hmm. And we're praising Brody for uh, being a, the defensive stalwart that he is and allowing his hard-hitting teammate to go out and do his thing. And like, I, I 100% put that goal on Brody. Do you? Like, yeah, yeah, I'm not. And like, I'm not going to hammer him because like this doesn't really happen to him. Oh, that's not even his side of the ice, yeah. actually. Um, but it just... It worked out that way, and he was off by a split second. Verhage scored 40 goals this year. He made a million dollars against the cap last year. That's crazy. Last year. He makes 4.1 now, which is still... 40 goals, man. Disgustingly underpaid. Leaf draft pick from a decade ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just a, a bad read from Brody, which he doesn't do very often. Right. Your thing about not hammering him is the important thing because it's not... He doesn't do this. When do you notice TJ right. Brody? Exactly. You don't because he's really good at his job. Yeah. And this is an instance where overcommit. You know, he overcommit. But here's the thing, guys. It happens in the last two damn minutes of the oh, period. And it drives <laughs> yeah. me bonkers. They lead the playoffs in this. Well, you know what? Yeah. Dallas Eakins, I think, did a really great job on the Hockey Night panel yesterday. And he was like, it's game management. You have to know, and they were they were on McCabe on 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 the intermission, and I think mm-hmm. they they're saying, listen, not that you shouldn't join the rush, but you got to think about what's happening in the game right now. You've just tied it up. You were down two zero. You just tied it up, and I realize that I'm a man wearing blue lipstick telling you this, but he said <laughs> he now. said there's a there's a um, there's a time and a place to make that jump, and there's a time and a place to go. Let's play out the period. We're tied. Let's go into the dressing room tied and come out and get him in the third. His first game as a Leaf was very shaky. Mm-hmm. His first playoff game as a Leaf was very shaky. His first second round game as a Leaf was very shaky. But other than that, I mean, he's been good, but uh, it takes him a moment to settle in. And uh, I mean, if that's his worst game of the playoffs, what? And cool. He, you have to remember <laughs> that Jake McCabe. He, I don't think he's ever been this deep in the playoffs. He's never been to the playoffs. Period. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. It's, oh, it's a learning experience. He's hoping to pull a Ron Hainsey. Jeez. You know, make, make it for the first time and then just win the whole thing. He had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight years in Buffalo and then two bad years in Chicago. Wow. Oh, wow. Talk about depression. <laughs> Talk about picking the two <laughs> worst teams at the worst that times. That sucks. You know, the, the bottom of their, their franchise levels. Yeah. And you just go there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he bought low in Buffalo and yeah. sold also low <laughs> in Chicago. Um, so they go into the third period down three to two. Third period starts, and the Leafs look dangerous again. There's big mm-hmm. hits both ways. It's super entertaining. There's some lineup changes flipping back and forth. It's going to be a very fun series. Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. Eight minutes to go, though, in the game, and McCabe takes an interference penalty on Kachuk. And here's the problem. They called that interference? Uh, I believe it was. Uh, oh, you well, got to stick right under his skates. Wh- whether it's tripping or interference. Yeah, call it whatever you I'll want, pull, I yeah, guess. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. Uh, it was to get... Eh, where is it? Oh, no. Well, he was going to... Um, and I think well, so no, he did. I'm just looking at the box score here. Why am I not seeing this? Yeah, which uh, what do you which penalty? Did they get the? Did he get a oh, penalty? So no, the oh, reason the delayed it's delay not penalty. there. Yeah. That's Paul Maurice not made this mistake That's as well. Right. Yeah. Uh, it was a delayed call, but mm-hmm. the Panthers take it the other way with the six on five and score and score. So. So it doesn't show up on the box score, which I think is a little silly. My sister, who doesn't watch a whole bunch of hockey, she texted me. And she was was like, delayed penalty, she like semi-understands it. But she was like, how come they just can't touch the puck? It seems like an easy thing to do for a hockey team to just touch the puck. You'd think so, but... (laughs) Everyone like, struggles. That's a good point, but like sometimes it the other sure team seems, just hand, it's 
They like they almost like they almost had it. Yeah, O'Reilly it like hit off of O'Reilly's stick and that didn't count. I <sighs> kind of hate that. Well, no, I understand why the rules in place. I get it. Mm-hmm. You have you to have it. possession. You got to get possession of I it. I get it. Well, because like, what if you fire it on and it goes off someone's stick and yeah. then in the net and then no, it went off their stick. Mm-hmm. So you got to. It's got to be possession. Mm-hmm. But like for yeah. somebody who doesn't watch a lot of hockey, like the idea is like, why can't the other team just touch it? Like, uh, how is there so much time on this delayed penalty? I don't exactly know when this happened, but over the last couple of years, I'm like, it feels like they used to be a lot more lenient with that. Mm. Like, I feel like growing up, O'Reilly touching the puck the way he did would have been enough. Yeah. But, like, I'm not, I'm not going to contest that the rule is what it mm-hmm. is. And the, the Leafs, like, oof, that was awful. You know, Panthers yeah. are really good, but, yeah. you know, you got to stop that. Well, I mean, you're behind the eight ball because your shutdown D-man is in the corner of the offensive zone. I also it's think just not a great game. I also him, think man. the McCabe interference penalty on Kachuk was it's one of those things where he got his stick into Kachuk's skates. And, you know, like Lee fans were saying, and I think they're right that Kachuk sold it a bit. But that's what you're supposed to do. And I, I, I'm not I'm not saying that takes away from Matthew Kachuk at all because he's a fantastic hockey player. Yep. This isn't, that is what I would want one of my guys to do. And I feel like uh, the Leafs with Geo hooking around the waist and. And the, and there, they had a lot of there was a lot of like Both weird of slashing hooking yeah. think calls against Tampa too like where the Leafs um, you know they get the puck in or I think Tavares had one where that you know right into the gloves keep keep the sticks out of those zones just keep them out the the one thing I would say is the Leafs have committed to being a stick checking team mm-hmm. and maybe that's just the cost of business you know what I mean yeah yeah. Um, it might just be the cost of business, and if they're going to take penalties, those are the penalties they're going to take. Right. Okay. Whereas hmm. the Panthers are going to get called for trying to decapitate. <laughs> Leafs are all bad luck, Chuck, in the last two minutes. There's like a two-on-oh with Nylander and Bunting, and uh, Bobrovsky gets it. Uh, and then the Leafs, the Leafs hit the post, and then O'Reilly has to go off because he gets high-sticked in the face, and all the refs missed it. And this is what's hilarious is that you know they tell you that the refs are not allowed to look at the scoreboard to see the replay of what happened. That's and the refs very man. clearly looked at the scoreboard and then reviewed it, which I didn't even know they could do. I didn't know you could do that. I think because it's a double minor. Yeah. So, but, they, could, but there wasn't one called though. But they called it. But that was the you thing. They the didn't call it. Yeah, but they did. So here's here's what's <laughs> frustrating. Okay, there's twenty thousand people in that building. Yeah, and they've all seen it. Yeah, they saw it live and they got to see it on yeah. the screen after to make sure they saw what they saw. Then there's my stream. There were 40,000 people in there when, when that happened. Then there's television, which I think conservatively a million and a half people watched that. 3 3.2 million, million that was the it. estimates. Yeah, 3 million for every Leafs playoff game. So we're talking the population of like a major city saw the what the correct call was. Mm-hmm. A Panthers player's stick went up into a Leaf player's face and it drew blood. The biggest, dumbest idiot could read the rule and interpret it properly and go, well, you can't do that and make the right call. Why did it take so long? And okay, we're going to talk to this coach over here. Yeah. And then we're going to talk to this coach. And, and they're going to tell all the other, like when Mitch Marta came up and was like, hey guys, did you see the ref go, wait hey, a second, hey, wait hey, a second. Hey, hey, don't talk off. to us. We're yeah. having a meeting. <laughs> and, and yeah, and here, let's let's gather together in our little, like. Are you guys looking at the scoreboard? I'm looking yeah. at the replay. Let's, I'm looking at it. Wow, no, no, no. Shit, you might have got that wrong. Where they're not looking, but, but they looking. are totally looking. They're, they're, they're all right, every, little, but everybody shifts slightly to the left so the other refs can see it. Don't look, but look. 
So anyway, the refs miss it, but then they look at the scoreboard mm-hmm. and then they go upstairs so, and they what, end up calling so, it. So the thing that fixes all this is you have the extra, the fifth referee in the booth who just watches the fucking TV. And when this happens, he calls them and they just make the call on the ice. Yeah. yeah. The, and you could call him the, the yeah, no ref. Where they go, yeah, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a penalty. Yeah. No, the like, NFL, for the obvious ones, yeah. for the gimmies, yeah, no. The NFL implemented this. I think it was last year. It was the first year they had it. The eye in the sky guy, and he just he just corrects things that it's are just, obvious, that are egregious. Yeah, and they and they get to the right call. They, it's yeah. just and, and again, this has nothing to do with the Leafs losing the game. It's it has everything to do with it's it makes the league look Mickey Mouse. That even though they got to the right call, they got to the right call after literally millions of people the millions of people. the problem is the theatrics that they have to hop through to make it look like yeah. they did the right no. thing through the rules let's let's gather into a little diamond oh, the and, reason and we huddle made like this we call at the is apple store and we're, we're gonna figure this out yeah they all huddled and they made the call in the huddle like no you fucking we all knew what happened this is and and what was the uh outcome of your little huddle to look at it again <laughs> Good idea. How about you do that? Mm-hmm. Good idea. I think idea. they were probably discussing whether you or not they could. You must have been top of your fucking class. Sorry, what? I think they were probably discussing whether or not they could look at it. Mm-hmm. I think that was what the meeting was about. <sighs> I think they knew they missed, mm-hmm. and then they were like, can we do that? Can we actually, can we call them? We should call them. I don't know. Should we? Should I call them? Literally pretend like you're stretching your neck and look up at the angled TVs underneath the jumbo truck. Why do you think they have those? It's and not for the people in the front row. Do no? your fucking job, man. Anyway, the, so. the best part of that whole sequence last thing is Sheldon Keefe uh, on the bench. How did that happen? How did that happen? When when Ryder is coming back yeah. to the bench bleeding, he's yelling at the rest. So how did that happen? <laughs> do it on his own. And what's very interesting about that is I think if William Nylander's cut, it's and I don't know why I'm making it about this, but fuck it, we're, we've come this far. I think if Nylander's cut or like some dude on the fourth line, they're like, ah, yeah, it's, you know, it just it happens. But it's, mm-hmm. it's Ryan O'Reilly. That is the hockey man's hockey man. Oh, they, yeah. they make they make Tim Hortons donuts with bits of his DNA. <laughs> they, he is that embedded in Canadiana and hockeyness. There's a extra bar in their stat. Their virtual stats and Hockey Man is one of those bars. Yeah. Ryan O'Reilly's a ninety-five. Just so hockey. <laughs> it's the stat is S three O's H K Y. Like it's it's a little too long of an acronym. Je- yeah. Jesse, can you bring up the uh, the picture I just sent you? This uh, is Paul Maurice. Uh, people are saying, "Oh, he's throwing up gang signs uh, on the bench now," uh, <laughs> which is hilarious. Um, uh, he he said five one. Someone on the penalty, made it it's actually five two. Album cover. No, it's four two. No, it's four two. Sorry. Yeah, like in act- Steve, do your thing from the oh, LFR. Okay, so awesome. Paul Maurice. This is him being. I mean, okay. First of all, I need to emphasize I love Paul Maurice. I here, please, please show him on the screen doing his little album cover. Look, love that. The Paul Maurice LP. Um, so five minors to one is technically the truth. Mm-hmm. It, this is using the truth to lie. Um, the Panthers did not get five penalties. They got four. The Sam Bennett penalty is a double minor. Do you know why it was a double minor, Paul? 
I'll give you a minute. I bet you can get there on your own. It's because he high-sticked a player in the face and they were bleeding and you're not allowed to do that. This he's gonna do this every game. Well Paul Maurice, he's like, we're always gonna draw more or oh, we're always gonna get more penalties. Do you wanna see it? Do you want yeah, do you sure. want the Paul Maurice press conference? Because I got it. Oh um, that's cool. uh, well, well here, in that case I'll actually say my shtick. Um, <laughs> so it's four and not five. And it was two and not one because the Leafs took two penalties. It's just the Panthers scored before one of them could be served. Paul, shut up! I like. I really like that you called it your shtick. My shtick. Yeah. <laughs> I meant to say spiel, but you know, Freudian and all. Didn't that. know you had a shtick. You have a shtick? <laughs> I don't know. What's your shtick? You know what? I like Steve Dangle's shtick. It's oh, loud hockey like, man. I don't like the way his shtick is. I don't know. I, I, Sixteen years in, who watches this? <laughs> Hundred thousand views. Nobody cares. I'm mm. sorry. I can't help but be a bit of a prick about that. No, no, come nobody on. cares. No, nobody cares. <laughs> yeah. no, who watches this? And and my I I tr- try to be humble, but I love responding to those comments with hundreds of thousands. Actually, <laughs> um, so you know, I I don't know what the heck happened in my notes here, but it Where's seems the... to have deleted. So there is a Paul Maurice press conference, but essentially he goes on to say that they have to accept the fact. Um, here we go. Uh, yeah, they have to accept the fact that they're just going to get called more. That's what his... Yeah, because you're their coach, Paul. So tell me about... Because Paul Maurice coached team, teams kind of get called a lot for this stuff. Yes. So I'm trying to look it up. I it, The reason it came uh, to mind so easily uh, is because we had the same conversation when it came to the Panthers and Paul Maurice um, in the regular season because it was something like the Leafs had a ridiculous advantage it was like the Panthers took I think it was eight penalties or something mm-hmm. um, to uh, I don't know but they they took eight penalties and I was like wait a minute the Jets used to take a lot of penalties too so I went back and looked at it and yeah it's absolutely ridiculous so penalties taken this season oh wow the Panthers aren't first mm-hmm they're tied for first with the Ottawa Senators. <laughs> they took 388. To give you an idea of how many friggin' penalties that is, the Vegas Golden Knights took the least 243. Wow. Now the now that's a big that's a big that's huge. Yeah, the Golden Knights were prolific in that category cuz second least was the the Blues with 264. So the Golden Knights were 21 below them. But uh, I mean, the, the Panthers are, it's just anarchy. They play anarchistic hockey. Mm-hmm. They took 388 penalties. They drew 378. Wow. That's so a lot. Only a penalty differential of negative 10. It's just, you have to account for anarchy uh, when it comes to Florida Panthers hockey. And, and I mean, and I challenge you go back and look at any of those calls should any of them? I got it. The, the only thing I would say in Paul's defense. Here you go, Jess. I got don't it. know if he was complaining necessarily about it being 5-1 saying we shouldn't have five. Mm-hmm. Correction, four. There were a few instances in that game where I was, I was waiting for the Leafs to get called and they didn't. Right. There Me was, too. There was one, I think it was Nyes, 
and again, this is just a rookie learning the league. He did something. He took down his man and looked straight at the ref. And I was like, you're blowing it! <laughs> and then, and then he, he stopped looking and the play continued. But I was like, kid, you're so bait! Stop! <laughs> Here's what Paul Maurice had to say after the game about the officiating. We have just accepted the fact that we will be in the penalty box more than the opponent, only because it's been true the last eight games. So we'll just tell Sergey to get lots of sleep. Paul's such a good quote. He is a good quote. He he also was talking about. Uh, I miss him. He had a good article. I somewhat with, miss him. Good article with Sean Fitzgerald in the Athletic, uh, talking about. Um, you know, he thought his coaching career was over, and I guess the big quote from the article is, "It was the best three days of fishing I've ever had." <laughs> um, I listen. I gotta say, uh, I mean, it certainly didn't look like it earlier in the year, mm-hmm. but down that stretch run, and obviously in the first round, Paul Maurice. And this Florida Panthers roster are a match made in heaven. Yep. This is a Paul Maurice-ass team. They are, no offense Winnipeg Jets fans, an absolutely juiced up version of the Winnipeg Jets of maybe a couple years ago. Yeah. Like skill, speed, a ton of fuck you, but I think they're bigger and meaner. And they may be, I, I mean, Bobrovsky or Hellebuck at this point in their career, you take Hellebuck. But Bobrovsky was great last night, and all a Paul Maurice team needs is a little bit of goaltending. Mm-hmm. And um, they can do it. The bullet points, uh, I think, you know, after this game, Leafs need to tighten up the defense a little bit, especially game management, like Dallas Eakin said. Uh, some more sustained pressure in the Ozone against um, Bobrovsky would be good. And the rebounds on Bobrovsky are going to be huge, right? It's. Steve's not even paying attention to what I'm saying. I'm listening. Are the rebounds on Bobrovsky are going to be huge. Why? On account of uh, rebounds are good to get. <laughs> well, Bobrovsky looks like he might be in. Like he might be Vesna Bobrovsky. Oh, I know. Well, and what's very funny, though, is um, the Leafs had trouble adapting to... Um, Florida gave them things that Tampa did not, and the Leafs didn't know what to do with the gifts that they were given. Right. It's like well, uh, it's like it, when when uh, when a dog actually catches a squirrel and they don't know what to do. Well, so the, <laughs> the the narrative, the Panthers reinforced the narrative about Vasilevsky not being able to track pucks from distance. Right. Because they were so on the Leafs and so aggressive at the points that uh, the Leafs had difficulty finding those opportunities. Now, the Panthers, who are a normal team... <laughs> with a normal situation are like, yeah, keep the puck there. I don't give a shit. You're as far away from the net as you could possibly be. I don't give a shit. Take that stupid shot. We'll block it or stop it. What the fuck are you doing? Go ahead. And now, the, the Leafs like, were then like, uh, I guess we should do something else. Mm-hmm. So my question for both of you is, do they? And I'm, and I'm saying this because, again, it, it's become apparent that Giordano is useful, but they need to manage his minutes. Do they go back to 11-7? Do you guys go back to 11-7 if you're Keith? Gustafson, you get him in. He's got a little more speed on the back end. So here's why I think you definitely consider that. Um, the fourth line got filled. Filled by Matthew Kachuk. Now, here's the problem, though. Don't match the fourth line with Matthew Kachuk? Well, <laughs> there's that. Maybe don't, don't intentionally do that? Especially when you have fucking home ice, you know? But here's the problem. It's game one. We're heading into game two. It's a long series. One thing Matthew Kachuk said 
I mean, what a confident guy. Mm-hmm. He seems like a new man in Florida. Not that he wasn't really this in, in Calgary, but he feels more at home. Yeah, big him. time, big time. Uh, he was talking about, and I, I've never heard someone speak about the Boston Bruins like this. He said in overtime of Game 7, the Bruins, in not so many words, didn't want the Sam Bennett smoke. And all I worry about is if they go 11-7 and the Leafs pull off the Game 2 win, maybe mm-hmm. even the Game 3 win, you're beat the fuck up by the time you get to Game 4 and Game 5 and 6. And Are I, you, though? The Panthers are happy to dump it in and just mangle you. Yeah. Mm. They're, they're happy to do that. Um, the Leafs met them. In terms of physicality, and I and I just wonder if that was the right decision, or I just wonder if they should do it going forward because that's not what they do. It's something they can do. Mm-hmm. It's something like break uh, in in case of emergency. Um, it just, I think eleven seven is their best chance at victory uh, in any given game. I am not sure about it being the key to the series. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'm going to tell you something, Stephen. You you might not have uh, been in within an organization at a high level like I have. And uh, when you're NHL GM, yes. NHL GM, like <laughs> on my resume. And when you're at these high levels, when you're in a playoff game, it's about winning the next game. And if the thing that makes you win the next game, the thing that's going to give you the best opportunity to win on tomorrow night is 11 and seven, which I think it does. I think you probably take out Zach Aston race. You bring in Gustafson. That's how you roll it. Or um, which four do you have you're kind of looking? No, I, I think you probably take out Aston Reese. Yeah, I think it's Aston Reese. And that's what's going to give the least best opportunity to win the extra bodies. And having, what, seeing what Edmonton does where they can just double shift McDavid or Dreisaitl, having those your stars on the ice for an extra shift is so important. And having the extra big body against this team that's going to try and beat you up is so important. And, you can't load manage And it's place. about winning the next game. It's not about thinking about game six. Who cares about it? you got to get to game six. And if you lose game two, you might not get there. Yeah. you got to win the next one. On top of that, on podcasts after I wear the big hat, Leafs are undefeated. Yay! Hey, oh, right, I was all wondering. Right. So, all right. I got the hat on right now. I think they win game two, and I there. think, I hope Keith goes to 11 and 7. There you go. Is that hot as hell? No, it's very comfy. Hmm. All right. Okay. All right. Um, uh, I There's also want to throw this out there. In there. Uh, I believe it. Yeah, yeah I would need one. <laughs> Uh, that hat would fit me actually perfectly, though. We wouldn't and, even need the little insert. Yeah. By the way, have you, you seen you my take out the insert? Yeah. Just, have you seen my keys? Oh, oh yeah, no, go check. Did I tell you, you guys? Oh, my that, lost dog. Oh, my. Yeah, did sorry. I tell you guys I went to a. Uh, I, I need to get a helmet for an ATV. You told uh, the story on the Yeah, podcast. I did. Yeah. I got triple XL. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's a big head. Um, uh, I do want to shout this guy out, too. He's a professional Leafs hater, and he always ends up on TV because the Leafs, majority of people sitting in the stands at a Leaf game are going to have a Leafs jersey on. But this guy, whatever team they're playing, he just shows up. And, of course, the you know the camera goes to him because you know we want to be fair and balanced with American teams on our Canadian broadcast for some reason. Uh, but these guys get on TV so, Oh, all I the thought time. they were just people from Florida. No, no. So this guy has... He's from Toronto, clearly. He's from. He just he, hates the Leafs. He has season tickets in these seats, and every time the, whoever the Leafs are playing, he wears the other team's opposing jersey. Oh, my God. Imagine yeah. having season seats in his section. Yeah. yeah. This is what he does. He, he buys season seats so he can shit on the Leafs. That's his thing. 
man. That's it's a lot of money to dedicate. dedicate it on I was about to say, how much are those seats? Dedication. Those aren't bad seats. Yeah. No. No, they're great. I agree. They're so this dude 100. is like buying a new car every year, not to mention having the other team's jersey. Holy shit. Yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, most of the last 20 years, he's been winning. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Maybe so he's not made a bad bet. <laughs> I was about to say maybe better money spent than anyone else in his section. Yeah, I guess. but it's a lot of money exactly. just to hate. Yeah, it like, is a lot is of money. Is there a to bigger hate. hater in the city than this guy? Well, speaking of a lot of money to hate, we need to talk about the Leaf fans going to Florida now. I wanted to shish kebab the Florida Panthers uh-huh. for their their. So here's what they did. I saw the group chat absolutely going off last night, and I'm like, I am working. Here's what they did. <laughs> Here's what they did. So the Florida Panthers said it's only going to be available for re- Florida residents. You have to have a credit card and a and an address within the state to buy tickets. 24 hours later, after people called them soft as the and I'm not talking about the team on the ice. I'm talking about the organization. Soft move. It's soft. Um, they said, well, it's only for 24 hours, which they did not say in the original mm-hmm. release. Oh, but like the tickets are going to sell out in like an hour. <laughs> Well, that's the thing, is when they released the tickets to anybody, they had not sold out. Oh. So and here's the problem, though. And I don't, and I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to punch down here on, on uh, Sunrise. But what's going on this weekend, and this is where we're going to get to the schedule situation, is you've got the Miami Grand Prix for Formula One. And you have the Miami Heat playing at 3.30 on the Saturday afternoon. And everybody's looking just at the NBA schedule. But you do have to take into account the Formula One schedule, too, because 400,000 people are expected at that Formula One event. So the idea that they're even playing the game in Florida on Saturday or Sunday, which is the Grand Prix day, is kind of... It's almost like you would expect the NHL to go like, is there any way not to have it in Florida that weekend? Because who would come to that game? Well, it's going to be a lot of Leaf fans. And, and, and it's because Floridians have bought tickets to other things as well, right? And those t- things were planned well in advance. If you act like the last option, I promise you will be. Well, so this is what's interesting. The, the way the schedule works, for, at least for the Leafs, is that it's going to be Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday. And I guess, again, Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday, if it goes to game six, right? Mm-hmm. No. No? Mm-hmm. Not quite. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, see, I'm screwed up because... Here, I'll pull up Freeja's tweet here. Because we've had to adjust our podcast schedule so so significantly. Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, Tuesday. Yeah. So That's a lot. So we're going to go from Thursday to Sunday, and then we're going to go Sunday to Wednesday. That's going to murder the momentum of the series. And the reason that the NHL did this was to accommodate Formula One, but also to accommodate the NBA. How about you accommodate the National Hockey League? Well, and this so this is the interesting thing because it also affected Oilers fans who were expecting to go to Vegas. Yes. And they were expecting the game to be on Friday. Everybody bought their tickets. Uh, everybody bought their flights. And then after that, the NHL just randomly changed it. There's such a last option. Bag- bagged Milk was so fucking pissed. It's and a I don't, last I don't blame option him. league. It, it, but that's the thing is like when you act like a loser, you will remain a loser. You could, you could have two second round Leaf games on a Saturday and you... Don't you stink? Well, and 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 so pick a different thing. The to NHL do. is looking at this like, like no matter what day we have it on, the Can- Canadians are going to watch. Edmontonians and Torontonians are going to watch. They, that's they how they're take Canadians for granted. Well, yes. They take advantage yeah. of Canadians. So, that's what you're doing all the time. So here's what they would say: They, they would say genuinely resent Canadians. What they would say is. It's it's less of a revenue opportunity because that revenue with Sportsnet's already locked in. We already know we're making that money. Our growth opportunity is in America. 
So we need to make it easier for yeah. Americans to watch. That's what they're saying. Yeah. Why don't you appeal to the people who care the most about this? Well, here, here's here's where I'm at. And someone reached out and they made a a well-intentioned point, which is they're trying to grow the game in Florida. And I was like, you know what? That is a good point. And then I thought about it. And I'm like, no, the game in Florida is fine. In Tampa, it's great. Great arena, great ownership, great team, great fan base, building's full. Sunrise, it's, I mean, Canada, but hot. The, like, it's, the the arena's nowhere near where anyone is. Mm -hmm. And people don't go to the games. And It's and, got nothing to do with the health of hockey in Florida. Tampa's fine. So, arena placement's one thing. Also, what have the Panthers given their fans to truly cheer about in 30 years? Nothing. Dick. Like, since 1996, when they went to the Stanley Cup final, they've... Have they won a playoffs? Oh, yeah. They won yeah. a playoff series last year, which trophy. I think was the first. Yeah, they won the President's Trophy. I think that was the first one since 1996. 96. Whereas the Leafs uh, have such a passionate fan base because we've enjoyed so much success since then. But mm -hmm. I think that's what it comes down to is, is if you're moving these games to grow the game in South Florida, which is you know where Sunrise is, you had 30 years to build the game in Sunrise, Florida. It's been there since 1993. And it just, it does make the NHL look rinky-dink. Alan, Alan and I recorded a podcast yesterday, and he's got a plan for how do you fix NHL refereeing and some really great ideas. I, I, I didn't even know, like, how do you become an NHL referee? Is there, like, a school that they have to go to? Like, is there, I know they got to work their way up, but do they put them in, through any sort of training program? No, uh, which is wild. But Alan said, listen, they, the NHL taps its, pats itself on the back. We're a $6 billion business. That's crazy. And they're right. But he said what they don't talk about is how it could be a $10 billion yeah. business. And it could have been this whole time. And, and it's unfortunate. I, if you book tickets to Florida or you're an Edmontonian and you weren't, you're going to Vegas and you, you got screwed by this, I'm so sorry. Like this is, But this is what happens. And this is what we're always kind of ranting about. People are like, we're tired of you talking about it. I want that this sport is so unbelievable. We're going to talk about Snoop Dogg in a second with it because yeah. he had a great quote on first take about it. This is such a spectacular sport. You know it. We know it. Let That's Canadians, why we're here. Let Canadians do what Canadians do best and bankroll this shit heap. Well, that and the fact that if it's a great product, strangely enough, in America, they'll watch it. Make it a great product. Yeah. And make it a break, great product all year round, not just for the two weeks, three weeks, four weeks that a team in Florida is in the playoffs or or two months, wherever the Panthers go. I'm not trying to take shots at the Panthers. Yeah. And I and I, I think the Panthers team and their fans have always deserved better than this. They finally have stable ownership. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know. It's it's just it's an odd thing. Yeah. It's a very, very the, weird. The, um, the Edmonton-Vegas game being moved from... Uh, the Friday to the Saturday is such a that's such a Mickey Mouse move because of the amount of things that go into living in the West Coast. Adam, you know this when you're when you live in Alberta, the trip down to Vegas is like it's 200 bucks. You do that a day. Yeah. Well, like, well, so, well so, I mean, you, you, you take the, the plane, but it's like an hour 45. It's nothing. Yeah. No, it's right there. Just a quick yeah. plane ride. It's so cheap. There's so many people who have families and flight books and hotels. It's fucking Vegas. Like, yeah. of course, they're going down for you those. You fly kids. for $45. And in what? A four day <laughs> span? You'd move. Move it? Well, that's ridiculous. So, and also the start times. The start times. Yeah, the don't start make times. Sense because can we run all, through those? Yeah, a okay. lot of the games that. Okay, so um, can I ask a question yeah, before go you ahead, go through go the start times? 
the, so the Leafs Panthers game three in Florida, I believe, was not announced. Whereas the game three start time for Edmonton Vegas was announced and they yes. changed it. Yeah. Yes. You can't. Yeah. You can't. You just can't do that. So here's like, the, here are the I Edmonton be able to Vegas. Take you to small claims court. What the fuck are you doing? Here are the Edmonton Vegas start times. Yep. 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard on Wednesday, 7 p.m. on Saturday. No, no, what, what is that? They play from on Wednesday, today, and then they don't play till when? Saturday. That makes sense. That's games one and two, no travel. Let's wait till Saturday to play it, and they're And they're so concerned about wrapping up the season by June 19th. Holy Has to be wrapped crap. by June 19th. So then, so then they play Hockey Night in Canada, but they play it at 4 o'clock local time, 7 o'clock... <laughs> Uh, Eastern Standard Time on Saturday. And then it's an 8.30 start in Edmonton on Monday. Uh, And that's an Eastern Standard. So that's a 5.30 start. And then a 10 o'clock next Wednesday. Which they is a, a seven o'clock they start have in Edmonton. Playoff game on a Monday starting at five thirty local. Actually, Dude. I might have had that wrong. Maybe it's only two hours. But even no, so, it's two hours. Like two is hours. the game being played in a restaurant? The fuck? Like, I don't know. Like I, I think the frustration you're hearing is like this is our lives, right? Like, we love we've this. sort of hitched yeah. our wagon to this. We take so seriously the world's most unserious league. Mm-hmm. You're you're this late. This is a catastrophe. If you need 10 p.m. starts, hey, there's a team that actually plays on the West Coast and not in the Central Time Zone. That's in the playoffs. They're called Seattle. They exist. Yeah. I know they're expansion franchise, but did you realize that they should be playing the late games? Isn't uh, I feel like Dallas fans were upset about all yeah, the start times. Dallas too. has to play at 9:30 throughout the entire series when Dallas is in uh, the two-hour time zone, in the central, two hours away from central us, time. in the Central Time Zone. Yeah. And so they're not they're, they're not the West Coast. They're not three hours difference from us. It's I don't understand. It's so wonky. And also, there's a concert at Rogers Arena on the Wednesday game four that they had to move. Why not just not put the game that day? If you act like you're in last, people will treat you like you're last. So uh, the NHL is a secondary option. So it's a bummer. So anyway, shout out to any of you who who made those those purchases. Again, Jesse's yeah. right. In, if you're from Edmonton uh, and flying down there, I mean, Toronto to Florida is not a crazy flight either. It's 250, oh. 300 bucks. It's not crazy. Is it really? Yeah, it's like a two-hour flight. It's nothing. Oh, shit. Uh, Adam uh, needs to update his prices because he's been taking his private jet for so that's long. That's right. How much but. could a banana cost? $10? <laughs> <laughs> and then I have to laugh like Bezos. <laughs> um... <laughs> So anyway, uh, listen. Let's, let's bring Dave on. I want to talk more about this this thing that there's a bit of a thread here with the NHL acting like a bit of a secondary league. Mm-hmm. I thought what Snoop Dogg said on first take because it's, if you don't know, Snoop Dogg is is a part of another ownership potential group for the Ottawa Senators, and the bids for it are going to go into a billion dollars. I think we wow. we predicted this because when they came out with the numbers and they're like, oh, it's going to be nine twenty and nine twenty five, nah. and we're like, no, the the, the franchise values have skyrocketed in the last decade. The NHL is just joining in now. It's a billion dollar franchise. It guys. is. It is. So we're going to tell you about that. And I want to play the Snoop clip because it's really really good. First though, let's talk to Dave about the odds. Be they ever in your favor. You can bet that with David Bastel. Brought to you by Sports Interaction. Get in the action and make a play. 19 plus. Please play responsibly. Uh, Dave. Uh, yes. Listen, it stings a little bit that the Leafs are, are down today. Uh, but they are still the favorites going into yes. game two, which is kind of surprising. Well, is it though? It's like you a know what I mean? favorite though. 
heavy, heavy favorite. Yes, Leafs uh, a one four nine right now at Sports Interaction to win outright. That's of course a money line bet. Florida Panthers at a two six five to win. So some heavy money on the Florida Panthers side of things. And you know what, guys, when you look at it though. It, it shouldn't really surprise you. This is this is a bounce back position for the Maple Leafs. They're they're playing a team that wouldn't be in the playoffs if they were in the Western Conference. Yep. Uh, you know what I mean? So I, I I think we can even out this series. I even go one step further and say, why don't you try your luck on the puck line? Leafs minus a goal and a half. So a two goal win is a is a two three one, which is much more value. Um, something I'd consider because you're looking at, you know, if they're up by a goal or two, empty net makes it two or three, and there's there's your win right there, right? One so I always love to do is after Willie has a bad game, which he had a bad 40 minutes and yeah, then a good 20 minutes. He did. Sure. You bet on Willie to get a goal the next game because ah. his head's in it. He knows he can't have another bad performance. So I like William Nylander to at least maybe get a point, but I'm looking to at get a, goal. a point to score a goal would even be more money, right, yeah. Jess? Absolutely. Uh, I want to do a little shout out to Erin too, who uh, she messaged me. She picked, she got the series correct on the Bruins Florida Panthers. She wow. picked the Panthers to win four two. Nice wow. little payout on a two dollar Steve bet twenty one twenty eight. Wow, <laughs> Not that's bad impressive. Really, who's Whoa. gonna pick Panthers to win that series? But she got it. <laughs> A surprising yep. amount of people did, I think, just because funsies. Funsies. Just yeah, you know what? I think we're hearing it because it happened, but the other the other 90% yeah. who had the Bruins <laughs> were like, oh, <laughs> we're like, oh, logically, no. <laughs> I knew this. Um, now, Dave, one thing that I love is you've got you've got this crazy McDavid dry saddle versus the rest of the Oilers prop. Tell us what it is. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Our, our lines management group, very creative. I got to give them this. But you know what? I'm going against them in this situation. So basically, it's it's McDavid, Dreisaitl, total points in game number one versus the rest of the Edmonton Oilers team. So you could pick those two players combined points or rest of the team. Jess, I don't know if there's a situation where the rest of the team shouldn't outscore. I mean, you look at the first round series – I think they did it in every single game when you combine total points of the rest of the that's 18 other players no, against no. McDavid I and Drysaddle. I am placing the bet on McDavid and Drysaddle right now. There it Steve, is. Confirm <laughs> a payout's going to be three dollars and oh. $2. I'm going heavy against you. <laughs> heavy against you. On in on every single goal yeah. last series, yeah. like every single goal he was either he scored it or he got an assist on it. I think they outscore the team 100. But the rest of the team, yeah. like the last last three games, rest of the team outscored them. That was last series. <laughs> oh. Tell me about the past. I'm about the now. <laughs> He's like trying to. Well, help they're gonna me. have to. No. They're gonna have to. All right, place my bet, Dave. If you were yes. if you, if you were a betting man. Yeah, I wish I am. When yeah. we sit here on Friday, yeah, uh, what is will what uh, what is the series going to be between the Leafs and Panthers? You're betting tied at tied at one, tied at one. That's right, that's right. Dave, the Leaf fan. Thank you, Dave. Definitely. Well, I wouldn't say Super Leaf fan. Leaf fan, Dave. Is I would. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything better than cheering for the Leafs? Yeah. <laughs> well, honestly, when you break down everything, and, and I'm just being 100% honest here, yeah. the only close matchup is goaltending can go either way, mm -hmm. depending on how you feel. Mm -hmm. Everything else, I think, favors the Maple Leafs. Um, and, and the slight edge, I'd say probably more than slight edge. 
I think the coaching staff of the Florida Panthers has the edge on Sheldon Keith. I'm I'm a massive Paul Maurice guy, as you know. Um, this guy is where he is because of everything he's done, uh, and he seems to get the most out of teams, especially when he's on them early. Uh, that's that's the only noticeable edge I see with the Panthers going. Yeah, okay, I'll check mark there. Everything else is blue and white, like literally everything. Okay. Well, we will see Dave, and we will see you Friday, sir. Thank you, sir. Hey, guys. Listen, if you want to keep your playoff beard but shave your playoff down there beard. Yeah, your playoff beard doesn't include your balls. That's right. You might want to use Manscaped. Yeah, it doesn't. I, I trimmed up nasty. my neck. You can trip up. Yeah, neck, oh, yeah. neck beards are. Yeah, I put uh, my man's neck. My neck's so nasty. No, you you can do yeah, that. Yeah, man. Look at this. Well, that's Jesse. You need the uh, the manscape face stuff. The beard I trimmer. I forget all the you specific mean, names, the but I think Adam knows them. <laughs> the, beard the beard trimmer. trimmer. Yeah, and the shampoo. Also, you could probably no. Use... I'm taking over this oh, read. Okay. The beard hedger pro kit. Okay. That's what you get. The whole package. It contains nine plus products plus. Wet goods, everything you need to craft your signature look on your face. Hey, Next they episode. call them wet goods? Wet goods, yeah. Next because you can wear these in the showers. Because I own a beard trimmer, uh, the new one. That's the fucking dial is just how you change the blades. It's awesome. I'm going to shave my neck. Oh, okay. Nice. So, yes, All I'm right. You should. Adam and I were going to intervene. If you want like, to shave your neck you? along with Jesse on the next episode, get 20% off and free shipping with the code dangle at manscaped.com. Again, it's 20% off, free shipping with the code dangle at manscaped.com. Do not forget to get your money back this year and get your swagger back too with Manscaped. So Snoop Dogg has uh, put him his own name into the uh, into the the ring to buy uh, the Ottawa Senators. Now Ryan Reynolds obviously is the other famous celebrity involved. Um, Snoop is aligned himself with um, LA-based entrepreneur Neko Sparks, according to Ian Mendez, and. Uh, I, sources with knowledge of the Sparks bid who are not authorized to speak publicly on the matter confirmed that the iconic hip-hop artist has joined forces with Sparks for an aggressive pursuit of the Ottawa franchise. He's, quote, passionately involved, coming up with ideas, legitimately excited he wants this team. Multiple sources stated the Sparks group is not intimidated by the notion of a final sales price eclipsing a billion dollars, although it's unclear how much of a financial stake Snoop has in the group. A source confirmed that Snoop is a part of the consortium of owners as Sparks sets the ambition of leading the most diverse ownership group the NHL has ever seen. And that's the key part, right? Uh, the consortium includes a, more than a dozen investors with the majority of the ownership group comprised of people of color. Now, Snoop was on first take. This is this clip has gone viral. And he talked about, uh, and I, I guess we can't play it because I'm not sure if we can play it. I, I know it's I'm news. I'm going to go with no. So essentially what he said was, um, he wants, first off, he's been involved in watch hockey and been a part of the video game and whatever for 25 years. That's true. And he Very said true. that he's starting to see a few more people that look like him playing the game. He said the problem is that it's, youth in, in, in communities like the one he came from are not actually ever shown that they could potentially play this. They're never exposed to the game. It's never a factor. And so what he said he would do is, you know, along with purchasing this team is he wants to start in the States, a Snoop Dogg sort of youth hockey program. And the idea would be to get kids into hockey outside of obviously, you know, um, outside of just, you know, like the NHL just does not reach out to those communities. No. And that's what he's saying. And, you know, our last segment, we were, you know, heavily ragging on some of the stuff that the NHL does that keeps the sport last. Mm -hmm. This grows the game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is great. Yeah. 
I can get behind this. Yeah. yeah as much as like Ryan Reynolds would be cool to be to own an Ottawa the own be an owner of the Ottawa Senators. This group with uh, Nico Sparks and Snoop Dogg, it just seems like it brings such a different element to hockey. It's so untraditional uh, for for them to if they won this bid, it'd be it'd be something different. And I think if there's an opportunity for hockey to go in a different direction that's more diverse and have different voices be at the literal ownership table of this game. It'd be great to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. He's a uh, Nico Sparks, by the way, is a tech entrepreneur. Um, and uh, it's it's interesting um, what they kind of what they say in the article about it, because um, they said Snoop is passionate about making this game affordable for visible minorities and kids in low income areas who haven't been able to play hockey in the past. He wants it to be community oriented and that means reaching out to people in the ottawa area of diverse backgrounds and beyond so it's a uh it's sort of fascinating to see this all occur and i wonder like listen to me uh whether snoop or ryan win this bid one of them will be involved in another bid in the future because if you're looking at if you're looking at at this as an owner of the of an nhl team you're probably going, okay, well, the Ottawa Senators, man, Eugene bought them for like 100 million bucks or whatever it was. It was like nothing. And saved them from bankruptcy and held on to them. And now it's worth a billion. So if the Senators who have trouble getting corporate sponsorships have some trouble attracting free agents, um, uh, and I think that's I most, just, yeah. I think that was more due to the, the chaos under Eugene Melnick I than anything else. I don't see that lasting. I don't, th- I don't think that's going to be a problem for them. I think that both of them will be actively involved in the NHL as owners in the future. I, I don't know which way the, the Senators bid is going to go, but boy, does that, there's something about this, this Sparks Snoop Dogg uh, consortium that sounds really enticing and exactly what the game needs. Yeah, mm-hmm. dude, uh, rich people uh, like making money and uh, uh, sports teams are a great way uh, to make money um, just purely from a valuation standpoint. Maybe you lose money year to year, but for some reason the value keeps going up. Someone smarter than me, I'm sure, can explain that, but I I, I have difficulty with it. Uh, I mean, uh, Ryan Reynolds bought a soccer team in Wales. Do you think he was a huge fan of Wrexham? No. Exactly, right? He just he saw an opportunity, and by the way, they won the... Got yeah, promoted, right? Promoted. So it, it went well. And what a great, I don't want to be insulting to that fan base and say trial run, but what a great first foray into this to see if he can do it. It's a good resume. The, yeah, the Sparks group, the, the the I forget Reynolds group. Remington? Name. Remington? Yeah. Is that yeah, it? yeah, I think you're right. Um, they're, they're here to make money, man. Mm-hmm. They're here to make money. So they'll pay a billion dollars for the Ottawa Senators. They'll put a building in the ground. And uh, quarter century from now, they sell it for five billion, mm-hmm. and uh, away they go. I think it's a, I think it's great, and I think yeah. it's it's a testament. I think Ottawa fans should feel pretty excited about their future. You know, this is a this is a group of fans that had to buy billboards begging their owner to sell. Imagine a decade ago, uh. Huge groups of rich and famous people clamoring to buy the Ottawa Senators, right? Yeah, it's the landscape has changed big mm-hmm. time. Yep, and yep. people want their big expensive toy. I have a question. You, you're not allowed when to ask it. I'm kidding. Is Steve Dangle joining one of these groups? 
as the face. When Steve Dangle is in Deadpool or sells multiple platinum records. And? I heard Steve Dangle had a book once, though. Yeah. Sold that. How many copies has it almost sold? 25,000. Almost. Almost. What is platinum? Because you reached platinum for a Canadian book, right? A bestseller in Canada is like 5,000. You're five times platinum. Yeah. Yeah. That's how it works. So. This is your gin and juice moment. (laughs) Laid back with my mind on my literature and my literature uh, on my mind that's and right into my hands and yeah. onto the computer i'm just yeah. waiting for friedman or cj to tweet out steve dangle has joined the balage group balage. I think <laughs> the balage. So, I, I, you know jesse I just, sounds real to me yeah you know the dangel the dangelay the, the group um yeah because we're trying to a- appeal to uh, you know that french audience mm-hmm. in, in ottawa that has been neglected for so long mm-hmm. that's that's going to be my tagline um yeah i think you're overestimating how much uh, niche youtubers make <laughs> <laughs> no, no. One of the points of contention with Ryan Reynolds is that he didn't want to put up any of the money because he thought his fame and his stature was enough. It's to, value. To, to, as value to these franchises. And that was when all the groups were like, okay, which one wants to go with Ryan? He was like, no, I'm not really putting much into this. But this then he is, sold Mint Mobile. That, I don't think that had anything to do with the deal. Oh no! No, I just I thought. Oh look, here's all this money, and now I mm-hmm. put it into the bid. Yeah, he's probably he's probably putting up some, but it was like, hey, they wanted him to contribute. No, he's more, not putting he's, up any money. Yeah, so I think Remington agreed, like he didn't have to for them, and that's what he. Who his he went celebrity with. value is yeah. it does have a price tag on it. Oh yeah, of course. So I don't mm-hmm. I don't blame him for that. It's an influencing campaign for purchasing the senators <laughs> and Steve Dangle's celebrity value has a lot to it as well. There you go. So. I, uh, I don't think my celebrity value could get me 1% of the Oshawa Generals. Boo, but if Rocco yes Tulio wants to talk, <laughs> we can talk. That's funny. I, I uh, have $25 right uh, here for you, Rocco. So let's go, Jens. Uh, not even 24 hours after the devil shocked the Rangers and didn't, and didn't even allow a goal. Um, I, enough's been made of the Truba hit. Like, I don't... Do we want to get into the Truba hit? Do we care? Uh, you know what? Like, I care, but it's like, is this story dead? I feel like the story's dead. Um, I thought it was actually one of the healthiest, most civil debates after a hit like that I've ever seen. Okay. Because, okay, not everyone agreed that it was within the rules. The majority of people seem to agree when... Scouting the refs posted, here's what the rule is. Most people seem to agree. Yeah. Looks like a rule to me. That hit falls under the rules. It was clean given the description of the rule. We don't have to get into the whole thing. But the debate was earnestly, should it be? Mm -hmm. Should this sort of hit be allowed? And, I mean, the fact Timo Meyer got up, forget the concussion, his neck. Yep. Mm-hmm. It was his neck. It was so gruesome. Um, I love a big hit. Mm-hmm. There were some fantastic hits in game one of Leafs Panthers. Jacob Truba takes a lot of shit from people. And almost every time he follows the letter of the law when he lays a big hit. But I think it was a healthy debate that, yeah, okay, that hit is part of our game now. Should it be? Yeah. The, uh, I, the majority of people I saw 
weren't willing to fight for it. Mm-hmm. Like they weren't willing to fight to keep that hit in the game. Um, and I kind of thought that was it was a productive conversation. Yeah, it's not going to be the last time we see a hit like that because it is in the rule book. And Jacob Truba must have like that definition of a hit stapled to the back of his eyelids because <laughs> he is an expert at administering unnecessarily violent hits that are to the letter of the law legal mm-hmm. jacob Trudeau does this this is his thing and like in a situation where i believe at the time it was two nothing i don't think it was the third goal yet he it was a winnable game yeah it was still still relatively winnable the game seven, based on how they were playing it wasn't winnable at all for the rangers but he I was explore. trying to spark this team he was trying to get something going and that's how he does it with his body um by trying to lay that big hit on meyer and should it be out of the game? I think so. I think inflicting that kind of pain on another individual just for the sake of the hockey game probably isn't worth it at this point because of all the medical stuff we know just as people now. And But Truba, he's going to do it again because this is what he does. And until the rules change, it's something that's just going to happen. And who? And really, who could blame him? Yeah, because he's going to, that's how, this is his game. He's mm-hmm. going to take advantage of it because he knows that's legal. You can't penalize me for this. I I sort of take a different path uh, to, to like get to where you are um, because what we have is, okay, it's legal because people argue, what is Jacob Truba supposed to do? The path I take is, do we want this hit in the game? No. Okay. So we take it out of the game. Now we answer the question, what is Jacob Truba supposed to do in that scenario? I think we start from get rid of that hit and figure out what he's supposed to do in that instance after. Unpopular opinion, I do think Timo Meyer wears it a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw some people say, oh, his head doesn't move. Yeah, it does. Mm-hmm. Um, it unfortunately plummets into the hit, head down, Again, I'm not certain what Jacob Truba is supposed to do, but I think we start from take the hit out of the game and we figure out what you're supposed to do after. Yeah, because the thing about when you change the rules on professional athletes who are the 0.001% of people in the world who can do this thing is they have the ability to adjust because they are very good at this thing. Truba will still be able to throw bone-crushing hits. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They will adjust. I think that's the right way to go. Like I think you nailed it. You, You move that and then you allow the players in the ice to work out their new game. I did... Get a kick, unfortunately, out of... There was one Devils fan in particular who was like, there's no way this hit should be in the game, and that was illegal, and blah, blah, blah. Their, their avatar was Scott Stevens. Mm-hmm. Guys. Do you know what <laughs> yeah, your franchise really. is built on? It's built on uh, Martin Brodeur and the giant hits that Scott Stevens laid. And I, Ken Danico. Like... <laughs> It's, thank you, Adam. I thought it was uh, it was it followed the letter of the law. You can't take that out of the game. Where else can you follow the letter of the law but still win? In the New Jersey State Lottery. Remember, anything can happen in Jersey. Just like a first round victory over our rivals, the New York Rangers. We went to head so many times. I tell you, it was one of the thrills of my career, Adam. There you go. <laughs> All right. Anything else? Yeah, actually. Yeah. So we we talked about the hit. (laughs) Within 24 hours of that elimination, 
it's already rumored that Joel Quinville could get approval to coach the New York Rangers and that that's who the New York Rangers want. Mm-hmm. Um, what's interesting is Gerard Gallant is the ultimate two-year coach here. There's only been one time in his entire career where he's coached more than two years. He's at a certain uh, place. At what point is it going to be harder for him to get his next job? Yeah, I think Gerard Gallant is a career assistant after this. Maybe you know it's maybe it's like times up like the way he's coached this past season and just with the amount of line changes that he made it looks like the players just weren't uh, they whatever he does to try and motivate the players it it runs its course yeah. you know and it happened in new york and he got out coached by lindy ruff to like tenfold the devils did a fantastic job and it's time to go imagine mm-hmm. the devils fired lindy <laughs> two games in I fire know. lindy <laughs> Thank God! The, thank booed. God! The fans apologized. Food at the home opener. Thank God! Yeah. I thought they might win the cup. It's unreal. They honestly might. Um. So this is a skirting around the topic Adam brought up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and this is I've I've had difficulty putting it into words, and I think I found it. Hockey as a community has to figure out what we're going to do with Joel Quinville here, because he obviously got fired. Or no, sorry, he resigned from the Panthers. Mm-hmm resigned sort of told to resign after he got to coach a, a game mm-hmm. so we all remember that right? he leaves the panthers in disgrace after the findings of the jenner and block report come out um with the chicago blackhawks and kyle beach saga and so he steps away from the game for a while this coach's resume easily gets him into the hockey hall of fame and he's not old enough that he's done. How old is he, Jesse? You got you got his page up. Right uh, he was born in 1958, which makes him 64 years old. Oh, okay. So, I mean, he could retire if he wanted to. I don't think he does. I never got the impression he wanted to on account of he just joined the Florida Panthers. Mm-hmm. So, we got obviously one of the best hockey coaches out there from a X's and O's standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got a Hockey Hall of Fame resume. He wants to continue coaching. And there are very legitimate reasons that people don't want him to coach anymore. So what do we do with this person? I think each team needs to... Well, first off, the NHL needs to approve it. It has to go through Gary first. That's what Gary said. If, if mm-hmm. Clonville wants to do it again... And I would imagine that in the reports that the NHL did internally, which I don't believe they ever released, Gary has a far better understanding of what did or did not happen under John McDonough and the Chicago Blackhawks. And the people that I've talked to uh, in the game have said that John McDonough for sure, not that others were not complicit, but this was a John McDonough uh, thing. It, and he ran that, he ran the Chicago Blackhawks uh, like there was his own personal fiefdom is is how it was described to me. Wow. Uh, that doesn't mean that Joe and Stan and 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 uh, the other guys that were involved, Chevy Double and uh, and and Mark Bergevin, you know, shouldn't be called to account on this. Uh, my question is, and, and this is why I would imagine Gary Bettman didn't really release this stuff. They know more than we do. They don't want to release it because you might have to hold them to account if Quinville and Bowman ever want back in. Now, the other thing I want to bring up is there are, there is word that there are teams interested in Stan Bowman as their general manager. Wasn't Pittsburgh mentioned? There was a thought about that, yeah. Replacing Brian Burke with Stan Bowman makes me sick. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. And again, there's another guy. We got to figure out what to do with this guy because anyone whose stance is hard line on this, just mm-hmm. blanket ban them. That hasn't happened. Right? If they were banned, they would have been banned. Right. It's Stan Bowman, as I understand it, stepped aside. Joel Quinville stepped aside. Were they told to step aside? My assumption is yes. Mm-hmm. We don't know that. What do you do with these guys? Do you keep them out of the NHL forever? I think this is a... It's a it's a question for people probably with an answer that's far smarter than we are. But at very least, I would, as a fan, like to see what was done to correct the behavior. Like, what did you... Did you go to classes? Did you... Did you educate yourself? Like, is there anything on that? Yeah, all of this stems from what's at the crux of a lot of these problems. And it's that once somebody's in the game of hockey, it's kind of expected that they can never leave. That, hey, it's really difficult. We we regurgitate the same 300 guys who have been here for the history. Joel Quenville was drafted by the Toronto Maple Leafs, like when he was a kid, when he was eligible to be drafted. In like the 80s. Way back when. He played a whole career as a player in the National Hockey League. And then, because you can only work in one field in your entire life if you are a hockey player, he continued working in hockey. And he became a head coach and he became the second winningest head coach of all time. But. The expectation of this what a 64-year-old man is that he has to be able to do this forever. He is one of us in and hockey. Go and, out on his terms. And go out on his terms. And as long as he wants to work in this game, we're going to find a place for him in this game. And that's not the way it should be. Like, mm. if he did something that that got him mis- kicked out of the, I didn't want to use the word kicked out, but essentially kicked out of the brotherhood of the National Hockey League, that's fine. Like, why can't we ask this 65-year-old man to find something else to do? Maybe maybe you ruined your spot in the game because you had this meeting where you knew what Aldrich did or was happening with Aldrich and you did nothing about it and maybe that's enough. And you were upset about the disturbance this might cause for your Stanley Cup run. Like maybe that's enough for hey, you can leave this brotherhood now and maybe the rest of the, the old white men in this thing should stop working so hard to maintain this guy's spot in your 200 people club. Listen, Joel, you got what you wanted. You got your Stanley Cup ring in 2010. How about you sit in a rocking chair and look at it? Like there are other people you on you this wanted. earth. Hey, there are other humans who can do those jobs. We don't need to try so hard to keep this guy's position. Yeah, he, he got exactly what he wanted. Um, it's a really tricky decision. And then there's Stan Bowman, who like is that dude even 50? Like, oh, I don't know. That's it's it's down to indiv- individual choice, not to make this comparison, but like teams have decided uh, resume or not, Mike Babcock is not worth the headache. So it's not necessarily a matter of you need to ban this person. It's just all teams need to come to the same conclusion. And they decided whether it's a PR nightmare or they just don't like what he's going to do to the locker room, you you can't bring this guy back. And maybe he's just done. We don't know that he's done. No, we don't. Mm-hmm. But he's been out of coaching for quite some time, and he's been paid handsomely for it. And X, Y, and Z. It's going to be up to teams to decide. I'm uh, Joel Quinville is very interesting because again, hockey Hall of Fame coach, uh, second 
all time in wins. Yeah. Stan Bowman. I'm sorry. There's better people in hockey to hire. Yeah. There's better managers in hockey to hire. And just even, just even, just the hockey itself. Like mm-hmm. he, he, the way that he dismantled a Chicago team that could have continued to make runs at the Stanley Cup with bad yeah. moves. Yeah. If right? people thought Mike Babcock was a better coach, he would have a job right now. Right. And Mike did bad things, but Mike didn't do bad things like what these guys are purporting yeah, to do. That's right? why I said not to compare. Yeah. Right? People think like he's not that good of a head coach, but yeah. they clearly think Joel Quenville is still an amazing head coach. This dude is unreal, and he did something that is extraordinarily for, uh, difficult to forgive. So what do we do with that? I, I also believe in... Redemptions you know, re- and, and I learning. guess redemption yes. and people are human and everything. That's real tough to get past. Yeah. Well, uh, I just thought it was worth bringing up. I, I completely forgot, by the way, there was another game last night and we would be doing a huge disservice to yeah. Joel Pavelski if we didn't talk about the fact that he had four goals and they still lost in overtime. Uh, I know that feel, Joe. <laughs> it's so, it's so funny. So funny. What's funny? What's funny? You know, this fucking Eastern bias media. You know, I know, they, I they know. They start talking about the Dallas-Seattle game, and they, they focus on, huh, Joe Pavelski scored four goals. How about five different Seattle Krakens players score five goals, mm-hmm. and they beat the Dallas Stars? Unru- they got five goals on Jake Ottinger. Yeah, the first period, he was shaky. On home ice. Shaky, yeah. shaky. Four goals in one period, and then from uh, the end of the first through the rest of the game, unreal. He kept the Dallas Stars in that game. Now, they lost in overtime in game one to Minnesota. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, apparently winning game one is the kiss of death. Ha, Florida! <laughs> Got you right where we want you! Um, but, uh, man, Seattle... I also find it funny that the top three stars, uh, even though Seattle won and were better, uh, the, the top three stars are Pavelski, Gord, and Max Domi, who had three assists. Oh, wow. So, that, well, Gord um, with the OT winner. Mm-hmm. That second line that they've just came out of nowhere because now Pavelski is back, it's, it's really good. Really good. Yeah. And they still lost. Um, <laughs> Seattle is just going to be a blind spot for me mm-hmm. these whole playoffs because like okay you, you know how low I was on the Devils and then I saw what they did to the Rangers and I'm like holy shit these guys are made of different stuff I was totally wrong about them I could see them going all the way my brain won't let me think the same things about the Seattle Kraken and I'm not trying to take anything away from them it's just you asked me to pick a favorite I, why would I not pick the reigning Stanley Cup champions? Yeah. And then we go to the next round. Why would I not pick one of the teams? I think Dallas is a top five team in the league, yep. at least when it comes to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And then if Seattle wins this series, I can't take them above Vegas or Edmonton. No. Would you take them above the Leafs or... Panthers is an interesting conversation, but by the time we have that conversation, they're in the cup final. Mm-hmm. The the Devils, the Hurricanes. You got eight teams left right now. If you are doing your power rankings every Friday on, on SDPN.ca, the Steve Dangle power rankings of NHL teams, is Seattle eighth place in the power rankings? Yes. <laughs> and here they are, up one nothing, three games shy of the conference final. Unreal. It's, it's uh, crazy. Grubauer wasn't even like great. 
Like, no, I, I, I four goals. I didn't think his game was exceptional at all. They just found a way to win. And um, Dallas, like, obviously, we're not rooting out Dallas. It's literally one game. You know, it's, we're not ruling out Dallas here. It's been one game. If we know anything from the last series, it's teams can come back from 2 0, teams can come back from 3 1. But Seattle looked really good. Seattle had 11 takeaways to Dallas's four. They also out hit the Stars mm-hmm. 47 and 19. That's a that's a team soften you up in 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 the first. Are you okay, by the way? I know you're confident. <coughs> storm, no, I fought off I fought off allergies for so long. Oh, and now they're coming for you. Yeah, they hit me the last couple of days. Yeah, I had a coughing fit in the middle of the game last night. Oh, did you? Oh, that's fine. I kept muting my mic, and I reached my hand up, and I realized I don't have that here. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that I didn't know until the game last night, or I think it was a set on the game or something in post game. Um, do you know who led the league in what team led the league on even strength goals this regular season? Is it Seattle? The Seattle Kraken. Wow. wow. They were ahead of the likes of the Boston Bruins and the New Jersey Devils, who I believe are three, and then Florida was four. Glad at they f- fired all those analytics nerds. At five on five, the Seattle Kraken are the best goal scoring team in the National Hockey League. I had no idea. It came out of nowhere. And who knows what they can do in this series. It's great to get the first one, but we'll see how it goes. Ron Jake Ollinger Francis, might stand on his head for the next three games or four games. So, <laughs> Ron Francis, Alex Mandricki, Dave Haxtell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hockey owes a lot of people in Seattle an apology. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> no kidding. It's pretty wild. Um, I, I, I want to throw this out there, too. Um, Daryl Sutter was officially let go between uh, our last show and this one. Um, we did do a we did a show. Oh, we it. did do that. Oh, okay, we did. Yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. I did. We did say that, but there yeah. was some stuff that came out afterwards, and I thought I thought this was worth kind of jumping into very quickly. That's right. Yeah, I don't think we got any. So his extension, by the way, I told you this. It, it kicks in next season, four million yeah. per year for two years. Uh, Don Maloney said, "Farmer, it took." It's funny that it took this, but after talking to Sutter and then talking to the players in their accident interviews, that's how they came to the decision. And people were like, well, we could have just kept for living if you'd just done the right thing, the obvious thing before. But I think they want to move forward with a new um, a new sort of look. What was interesting was uh, so Eric Francis had a very interesting article at sportsnet.ca. Here's some, of the, here's some of the quotes from it. Are you ready? Well, here, before you get to those quotes, why, why do I actually sort of like Daryl Sutter now? I don't know. He's Why taking $8 million of Murray Edwards' money. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Whoa. All right. Uh, the players simply hated going to the rink, where Sutter liked it being tense, heavy, and unpredictable. Why is that such a theme? Heavy and unpredictable. Mm-hmm. Why? I don't understand why you need that. That was his style. Remember the Jacob Pelletier clip too where he was like what what's his number never mm-hmm. heard of him that was the kiss of death yeah uh, if you look so, at their season they never recovered from that quote here's what eric francis said the kid deserved better as did the organization and it was so furious at sutter's conduct that a stern talking to was followed up by president john bean's attendance at sutter's next media availability agents around the league saw his antics and were aware of the power struggle uh, that yeah, saw, like which ones? That saw Sutter refuse to play call-ups despite the GM's request to see what they had in young players like Matthew Phillips, Walker Dewar, and Pelletier. And, uh, and I think Coronado, you can include in that as well. It hurt the organization's chances of signing any college or junior hot spot. So, so, so that, I thought, was an interesting point because I'm like, damn, like, so you, they were not able to get in on some of the, those junior free agents that you want to get. That's specific 
Yeah. Hey, that's that's rather specific. And this one is the one that bugs me the most. It's one thing if you're a player and, and your coach kind of freaks you out because he might not give you ice time. Staffers were scared of Sutter and <laughs> many players abhorred him. So people's like rink staff, people that he works with. That's such a huge, afraid of that huge red massive. flag. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. Because that means as a person, you suck. Like you hear stories like Matthew Kachuk arrives in Florida and takes all the training staff out for a meal. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. The sort of thing you're able to do as a rich person. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? That it's just a nice gesture. Um, and you're a hockey coach and the team staff are afraid of you. That sucks. You uh, just don't need to be that. Jonathan Huberto did a uh, an interview with a French radio station. And Julian McKenzie of SDPN and The Athletic uh, translated some of it. And when, when talking, when asked about the Sutter-Pelletier thing, uh, uh, what he essentially said in French was, why say that to the media and then go see the kid and tell him he played well? Huberdeau on Pelletier extended, we were all disappointed, especially for a young kid who comes in and doesn't need that as a young player. He just wants to play well for himself and the team. In the media, we were all pretty surprised. We were saying, that's Daryl. And... There's also a, I don't know if you've seen the video, but there's a viral video on Flames uh, Twitter talking about, or you can lip read Huberto saying, we haven't practiced the fucking power play all year. And he slams his stick and then throws it back. Ooh, yeah. Oh, that's where that not, rumor not came fucking from? Once. Yes, is not fucking once. It's on there. You can see it. Is that yes. that's where the rumor came on? Yeah. Came out, but yeah. I, I doubt that they didn't practice it at all. I assume he was being kind of hyperbolic about it being in the moment, being upset, you know, but... That's awful. Yeah, I mean, Daryl Sutter's not a complete moron, man. Like, I'm sure they practice the power play, but mm -hmm. obviously not enough, not to the standard. And, I mean, it's Jonathan Huberto. I, I tend to believe him mm -hmm. on, uh, I mean, he had over 100 points last year. Pretty sharp drop-off. And I'm, I'm sure he wears some of that. But there was just, obviously, we talked about what a great match Paul Maurice is for the Panthers. I just don't think Sutter's a match for the Flames anymore and the, the players they have. Like Torts when he was in Vancouver. Not a match. He wasn't a match. And then you find other teams where it's a match made in heaven. Um, I think Torts and the Flyers organization are a match made in heaven. The roster? Hell no. Columbus. <laughs> that was a great match. That was a great match. That was a wonderful match mm -hmm. for John Tortorella. And he had a good time there by all accounts. He, he loves taking a team and getting a, a, a team that maybe has less talent than yours mm -hmm. and getting them to overachieve. Jesse, what do you got? You look like you have something. Do you, you have mean? something? Am I wrong? Yeah, I oh, think okay. you're wrong. I am wrong. Big I, idiot. <laughs> hey, idiot. I <laughs> thought Jesse was about to put up something. I had? Uh, I did want to throw this out there, too. I, I got a hankering for spankering. Whoa. <laughs> I got that. He's a, he's a, <laughs> is that what wow. you wanted? Is that what you're asking for, Adam? No, I hate you bring for your blue lips over here. Give me a give me a spanker with your blue lips. This is what you got. Can't spank. So All right, you. let's go. What's next? That's called a headbutt. I don't care. Uh, uh, <laughs> um, oh my god. How much? How many topics are left? Uh, just this one. Okay, good. Uh, and then I got something uh, for the press conference. Okay, one okay. Thing. Um, I just want to let you know that there is an article circulating in Calgary. I won't tell you who wrote it or what publication you can find it at. What? <laughs> Sutter pushed out by snowflake hockey players. Give me a break. Okay, well, this, this uh, not bro. <laughs> can you just? I just for a second. There's one. There's one guy that liked Daryl Sutter, and it was that person. 
and I just think it's hilarious. Don't you? Come on. That's the, a little funny. The, the sun is so good. Oops, I spoil it. The sun is so good at writing uh, what I call bien articles. <laughs> Explain it. I know exactly where you're going with this. Go. Where uh, bien spelled B-Y-E-A-H. Yeah. Yeah, where uh, they write a headline like the flames are a bunch of snowflakes and then yeah. exactly the people who read the Calgary Sun go <laughs> Come read what you already think <laughs> Like finally someone agrees with me. Yeah, you yeah. know what? I had a disagreement with my 14 year old son and I'm gonna conflate it with this article about the flames <laughs> He's a snowflake. They're snowflakes. All the youngins are snowflakes. It's biaclick. Biad journalism. I like that. Biad columnist, whatever. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Columnist. Anyway, I just thought I thought you'd find that funny. Let us. When when Eric Francis is saying staffers were afraid of him. You got nowhere to go, man. No, maybe <laughs> everyone's a snowflake. Yeah. Maybe everybody else needs to toughen up. The twenty-three man roster, the training staff, the the people who prepare the meals, and mm -hmm. the medical staff, and no, could it be one person who is the problem or forty? I bet it's forty. <laughs> I'm playing the percentages here. Yeah, <laughs> let's do the press conference. Fucking idiot. Yeah, yeah. I like that. The I like that. <laughs> so something happened <laughs> on our Discord that I thought was really cool. And if you'll just give me a moment, I'm going to get it ready for us here. So, all right. So let me just oh pull God. up the actual question. Hold on. Hold on. Let me explain what's happening before you cheat and look oh at the screen. Geez. Well, luckily, oh I have no idea what that says. All right. Oh. Yeah, because you have no glasses on, so you can't read. I see a All bunch right. of bars. This is from the companion 188 on our Discord server. If you are not a member of our Discord, go to sdpn.ca. There's a link there. Okay. Click that and join us on Discord. Uh, she says... On a podcast episode at the end of the regular season, Steve was talking about the number of times that Jacob Markstrom ended up in his Dang It's videos because of his tendency to not, you know, tend the goal. Oh. I was curious to see how he compared to the rest of the goalies in the regular season. And, well, the numbers really speak for themselves. Please note, this is just the goalies that ended up in Dang It's. Okay. I just don't have the time or attention span to look through every game. Yeah, so how these, could you? These are the number of times that goalies appeared in Dang It's videos. It was very difficult to miss so, any of these because we had the hashtag and people tweeted them at myself and producer Nick constantly. So, Steve, if you want to look at the chart here that the companion put together, these are the number of times a goalie appeared in Dang It's. It's pretty Holy cool. Holy shit. Uh, the work, you Whoa. going through all of the Dang It's and compiling this is incredible. Thank you. This is great work. So, like a dozen goalies end up in there once. Kemper twice. Aiden Hill twice, really? <laughs> Tristan Jari twice is shocking to me. Uh, Cam Talbot twice. Vasilevsky three times, so I wasn't wrong on that. Carter Hart had a bit of a tough year. Scott Wedgwood was in there a surprising amount of times, considering how much he played. Freddie Anderson is shocking at playing the puck these days. 
And Adam's number like, one. That doesn't shock me. Yeah, no, Adam's like, <laughs> he's nope, not. He's a worthless human being. That's not what I said. My name is Adam, and I, that is my brand. That's not what I, I said. I fucking hate this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck him. I just was like, we got we to gotta be honest about how bad he was in the playoffs for the Leafs. That's what I I'm saying. It. I get it. Uh, so three guys tied for second place with three appearances in Dang It's. And Jacob Markstrom first with seven Seven. How many of those were one goal games that the Flames could have won? And forget making the playoffs. They wouldn't have even been the last seed. The, the Kraken are in the second round right now. Mm-hmm. They won their first game. They, like, they could have overtaken the Kraken with all that shit. Yep. If all of those are one goal games. I don't know if they were. Yeah. Four. And I, I'd be curious how many of those seven uh, happened on one of the first three shots of the game. Four guys tied for second. You said three. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Boy, okay, I need to yeah, up my prescription. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Now, did any of the Leafs guys end up in there? I'm positive. Uh, Shalgren uh, is up there. You see him there? Shalgren, really? At oh. the top. Oh, I vaguely remember that. I, I swear Matt Murray had one, too. Uh, it doesn't look to be on the list. Mrazic once? That's impossible. <laughs> that's absolutely impossible. Karel Vimelka has one really bad one every year, and that's it. How much of the so you have all the names here of all the goalies who were in dang it? How much of the actual plays do you remember? Like if I list off Charlie Lindgren, Connor Halibut, could you describe to me the play that they made to get them into dang it? Let me see. Uh, so is Lindgren? Oh, I do remember it was really bad. I don't remember what it was. Hellebuck, I think, just misplayed it behind the net. Shelgren, that, well, that's all of them. <laughs> I know. Shelgren. I want to say he like cost the Leafs a game, didn't he? Bennington had to be his incident with Ryan Hartman. Mm-hmm. Kakinen, I don't remember. Reimer, I don't remember. You're, you're 0 for 6. I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm having a look at these. Uh, oh, Stuart Skinner, I think, would have been the broken stick. Or no, we haven't shot that yet. We're shooting that tomorrow. Steve, the answer to my question is no. No, I don't remember yeah, them. You, could, you couldn't name the incidences. All right, that's okay. Yeah. That, that would have been a lot. Yeah. That would have been a yeah. lot. Jeremy Swayman um, was a giveaway that I believe gave the Panthers a playoff spot. Oh, jeez. In the, in the final week. No way. So if that's actually true. Thanks, Jeremy. Wow. Oh, well, I guess it hurt Jeremy more than us. Like <laughs> that, I hope, can someone look that up? Yeah, somebody do some digging. I'm almost positive that's what... No uh, way. Are you serious? I'm almost positive that's what ended up happening. I think it was a tied game 2-2. No one has talked about that. Hmm. Yeah, I think it was a tied game 2-2, and the Panthers were able to win the game outright without overtime uh, because he gave the puck away. And, uh, they Steve, that's the a two big points. deal. This is yeah, also, I'm just realizing that's that a now. Big no, deal. But this is also dependent on Pittsburgh doing anything. I mean, still, though. That's true. Still, it, though. No, Pittsburgh would have had to accomplish things at the end of the regular season. They had the uh, ability to not do that. So, okay, how much Shit. did... Because the Panthers had the last... Oh, my God. The Penguins only missed by one point. Yeah. Because they oh, royally fuck. fucked up every game. Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay, no. We need to look at this now. This is I had I had no idea I completely forgot about this because the game was going to overtime. Now I don't I didn't look at the tiebreaker. Maybe the Panthers would have made it anyway. So I'm still in the playoffs. 
The final game of the season was a loss to the Hurricanes. They lost to the Leafs. They beat the Capitals. And I've obviously misremembered because it was a long time since they played the Bruins. (laughs) (laughs) So... What's what's Steve? Your your memory's not good with the dangets. Maybe I'm thinking of Charlie Lindgren. Oh well, whatever. Uh, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Memory okay. on the dangets is Tough. C plus. No, not even that. D minus. D minus. D minus. D minus. All right. Listen, uh, <laughs> we are we're gonna wrap the show there, but uh, we have a brand new STP on Friday. Coming to you from a very different location. So our schedule, if you're wondering about our wonky schedule, it is going to be after every Leafs game. Yeah. So whenever the Leafs play, the next day is when we're recording. Yeah. Does that include Saturday? Yes. Yep. Yep. Sure does. It comes to it. Yes. Sure does. We'll be back on Friday and then next Monday because the NHL is the absolute worst. That's right. And then the Thursday. And then. And then. The Saturday. Who knows? Go Leafs, go. Enjoy the playoffs. Good luck to the Hurricanes and the New Jersey Devils tonight. And uh, if you're an Oilers fan, sorry too bad. <laughs> sorry too bad. <laughs> they don't get to play. No. The Steve Dangle Podcast. Powered by Sports Interaction. Want to bet? Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle at Adam W-Y-L-D-E and at Jesse Blake. Connection complete. Wow.